celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. It is Thursday, October 17th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, Jim Henson's inspiration behind the cookie monster, J.P. Shedrick. Uh, welcome in. Jaguars happy hour on this Thursday ahead of the Week 7 matchup. The Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals at Paul Brown Stadium. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Leon Searcy. What's up, big guy? I'm good. I'm good. Absolutely. Welcome back. Good to see you. What's up, Logs? What do you got? Speaking of cookie monsters, this guy's got one on the table. I had one bite. How many did you have? Zero. You didn't have any? No. Well, that's too bad. I, can't, I mean, I you, got the last you're, one. You're eating them all. I got the last what one. Do you, what do you expect? That's too, that's too bad. You know, treat me right. I might give you a little crumb. Maybe. We'll see how this show goes. Maybe just tonight. maybe. <laughs> two hours. Already a buzz. <laughs> here we go. Hey, by uh, the way, I got it real quick. I got to. I got to admit something here. And uh, I, I did it earlier in the week, but I must do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hurricanes were were really good last Friday night. And uh, as promised, Leon Searcy is going to get a bottle of booze from me. Ah, beautiful. And uh, I but, said it before, I just want to admit it again, the uh, the Hurricanes were better, much better than the Cavaliers. Mm. Well, that was evident on the TV screen, so you're saying that. <laughs> I mean, I, that's, that's fine, but thank you. Well, I appreciate the bullet bourbon, though. You're very, you're, you'll, you will be very welcome. Appreciate and, it. And I'm hoping Calais has forgot that I got to wear a U-shirt tonight for oh, Jaguars oh, for All the Access. television yeah. tonight. Mm. I'm oh, hoping, I will follow him to make sure. I'm hoping that he forgot. <laughs> Writing checks to your rear end can't cash logs. Here's the funny thing. Like. If, if he gives me one of his shirts, it's not going to fit. That's true. No, yeah. it's not. That's true. Here's I'll wear it if he brings it. Here's what's coming up on the show, of course. Ramsey reaction. We'll uh, Who? hear from some of the guys in the locker room and the, uh, get some statements Who? from the owner and the Who? EVP of football ops. The Jaguars offense, can they bounce back? Defensive takeaways. They didn't have any last week. They only have one on defense all year. Uh, AFC South preview on Thursday Night Football. That's all coming up. Let's get to the reaction after the trade of Jalen Ramsey to the Los Angeles Rams. The locker room opened yesterday for the first time. Since then, Miles Jack had a few things to say. I was getting a massage watching Black Mirror, and uh, the notification came up on my phone. I, I thought it was a joke. And then I like went through Twitter and seen it was for real. And um, like me, I wasn't too hap- like, happy about it because that's my teammate. Like, I feel like Jalen's one of the better defensive players in the league, if, if not in the league. So um, I-, I definitely love playing with them. But um, yeah, I-, I wish him nothing but the best. But um, I didn't want to see him go. Now let's hear, let's keep it on the defensive side. A.J. Boye, the cornerback on the other side. He's really now the only player left that started in the 2017 in the secondary. I got the news last night. Uh, I texted him immediately. You know, um, you know, you wish that he was still here, but it's a great opportunity for him as an individual. So, um, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. I told him that, you know, he wished the best for me too. So, you know, I'm still the last one here from 17, me and uh, Dub. So, uh, you know, we just got to keep pushing forward. Dub is Jared Wilson, who's now starting for the Jaguars. So those are the only two guys left in the secondary. So there was a lot of that kind of tone in the locker room. Nobody came out and bashed Jalen. Uh, it was all kind of moving ahead and, and glad for him, and now you can move forward as a team. What do you think, fellas? 
You of go that first reaction. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, All you can do is laugh, huh? Well, I think I think a lot of the players are are oh, glad that that it's over with, and probably don't feel any need to take parting shots. I think one of the disappointing things is that you hear, you know, Miles Jack, and maybe he's just being nice, but he's talking about you know he, a teammate of mine. Uh, you know, hate to see him go. Well, I hate to see teammates not want to play because of some type of disrespect from an executive level employee. And uh, and and I I was preparing for this game this week, and I came across a quote by B. W. Webb, who happens to be the starting nickelback for the Cincinnati Bengals, who. Broke his arm in week two, missed the following week, and then came right back and started playing with a cast on his arm. And he said this, I'm counting on them, talking about his teammates, I'm counting on them just like they're counting on me. It's a no-brainer that I should play. It's a little different than what we've heard around here, Leon. Yeah, it's a little different. Here's the truth about it. You're crazy if you think that those guys in the locker room didn't know Jamie wanted to get up out of here. Guys in the locker room talk. May not talk in the lo- may not talk in the locker room, but outside the locker room, it had to be some merit that Jalen was telling somebody on this team that he was trying to get up out of here. Now the method in which he used to get up out of here, he probably didn't display. But when that confrontation with Tom Coughlin happened, allegedly after Houston, Jalen talked to somebody on that team. He's like, "Hey, bro, I got to get up out of here." And it was told, it was said, it had to be said. And whatever tactics was, he deemed necessary to use, he used them. And you he, he saw him in the presser today with the Los Angeles Rams, and they asked him, how's the back? Do you think you're going to play Sunday? And what did he say? He said, I'm feeling, my back's feeling good, you know. <laughs> I might, you know, might get, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not saying verbatim what he yeah, said, but yeah, I'm sure. just paraphrasing. Yeah. But he said, "My back's feeling good. You know, we'll we'll see if you know if I'm able to play on Sunday." He's playing on Sunday, of course he's playing on Sunday. I did, I listen. I I, I had a, a profound respect for Jalen's ability on the football field. I mean, I think he's an outstanding corner. I think he's a generational corner. But his antics as a player or as a teammate suck. Yep, that's, that's just the, the bottom it. line. It sucks. You can say what you want to say. He played this organization. He played this city. He played, he played this fan base. He did what he deemed necessary to get out of Jacksonville, and he got his wish. But I think, you know, one thing, I mean, look, Leon, Leon and I have been in the locker room for, we're reaching there for a decade. Mm-hmm. And we always kind of had a philosophy that there is a time for business, and that time for business is when the season ends until the season starts. You know, and I'm talking like, look, business can even be conducted sometimes in training camp. Uh, can be conducted in mini camp. You know, if a guy chooses not to show up. Yeah, we've seen that a lot. That's all okay, and that's and that's fair. But once you get in the regular season, if I were to do that, now I'm on Leon's time. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play games on Leon's time because that affects him. That affects his ability to be the best that he can be. It affects the ability for him to be the best earner that he can be because of my actions. And so if Jalen didn't lose respect in that locker room, then there's a problem in the locker room down the hall. Mm-hmm. So I would say that. Uh, I'm glad that he's, 
that he's that he's gone. I hate to see because Leon is right. He's a great player, and you cannot replace great players just willy-nilly easily. It doesn't happen. Mm-mm. But you also can't sit back, and you couldn't sit back, and deal with somebody who was Jake in an injury because that's the fact. Mm. And how do you say that, well, that's a fact? Well, look, Doug Monroe came out today and was talked about, well, Jalen was injured. Well, look, are the Los Angeles Rams going to give up two firsts and a fourth for a guy that has a back issue? Mm. No. No, no. No, they're not. No, they're not going to give up that for a guy with a back injury. So the fact that the trade was executed and he passes a physical essentially says he was faking the back injury. And in 31 years that I've been around the National Football League, been directly involved with the National Football League, I've never seen anything like it. Not, not, not to get traded. Now, when I first came into my rookie year with the Pittsburgh Steelers, because our training camps were a lot different back then than they are now, veteran guys would tell me how to get out a day of practice, just a day of practice, two days, full game. They pulled the back because the back is hard to diagnose. You know, sore back, spasm in the back, just to get a day off, but not to get a trade. I mean, I mean, this mm. was day by day, back, 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 missed, what, two games, three games? Three. Three games to, to get your way. And, it, and you left your teammates out to dry because I'm not saying that if Jalen Ramsey had played in the end of those games, it would have been a difference, but it showed them it would have helped. Yeah. You know, that's all I'm saying. And then it sounds like it might not stop here either. If you hear, hear Deion Sanders' comments the day after the trade. and What do you know, mean it might stop here? Might not stop. What, in, what did Deion say? I well, Dion basically said that he won't last more than about a year in L.A. because of the state taxes and the well, situation he took, he, he took and everything there. He took a pay cut yeah. going to L.A. I mean, the, the state income tax is like 13%. So, and uh, the cost of living increase is going to be significant. So, so the point is, if they think this kind of uh, talk and the way they've gone about the business here is going to stop just because there's a new environment, I don't think it's going to stop because there's a new environment. No. Well, well, that's a hefty price to pay by the Rams if they don't give this, if they don't give them a long term deal. They give up two ones and a four that's right. for a kid they're not going to sign. I mean, who's who's the GM out there? That, I mean, that need, wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, they're, they're here, gonna, really. I, I would imagine that, uh, that some of those parameters have been discussed with Jalen and his camp. Mm. They would have to be, I would assume. But I think I think my concern, first of all, if I was a general manager, which I'm not, but if I was, if I slept at a certain motel hotel and then woke up and I'm a general manager tomorrow, I would not trade for a Jalen Ramsey. I wouldn't do it. Because what's, what's to prevent him from two years from now saying you give him a new deal now, two years from now, something happens to him that he doesn't like, and then all of a sudden he says, you know, I want out. Yeah, where, 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 where are you yeah. at? Yeah. Where are you at? You're, you're with, without a player that, uh, yeah, maybe a generational player, but he's got to want to play to be a generational player. And then I'm all of a sudden, as a general manager, I would be out two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick. Do I, do I want to put that at risk? Am I arrogant enough to think that I can, I can make this environment better to where Jalen Ramsey won't do that? I mean, to me, that's kind of arrogant to assume that you can make this place better that he won't do that. Uh, and I, I, to me, I just I, I wouldn't have done it. And he has a history. Yeah, wouldn't have done it. <laughs> so right. it could be a repeat history if he doesn't get his way. Act the same way two years from now. You're absolutely yeah. right. 
I, I, you know, it's, to me, that's uh, it's good for the Jaguars, though. I mean, good for the Jaguars. Good job by uh, Dave Caldwell of getting a first in 2020 and then a first and a fourth in 2021. I, I'm surprised that uh, – I'm, first of all, I'm not surprised, but I am surprised at the end because we're not talking about a player who, who they just decided to trade. I mean, you're talking about a disgruntled player who was faking an injury, essentially, to not play because he wanted to be traded. And I'm surprised at the willingness for a trade partner to give to that level for a player that has that going on. Uh, I thought that what, with what Jalen was pulling, that it would affect the value to work a deal out like that. And maybe it did. Maybe the, maybe the, the value would have been higher if he wasn't doing what he was doing and if he, like, played over the last three games and was playing well, maybe they get a first and a first and a second. I, don't, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. But kudos to, to Dave Caldwell for, for getting that trade. I think it's a good deal for the Jaguars. And, and certainly it's, it's always good for the Jaguars just to get a player out of here who doesn't want to be here. And then to be able to receive something on the back end of that I think makes it even sweeter. All right, so it is done. Jalen Ramsey is gone. The Jags have draft picks coming in the next two drafts uh, as payment for that. And now they got to move ahead, and we'll come back in just a little bit. We'll, we're going to talk offense. We'll talk defense and how the defense moves forward. Well, they've been without him for three weeks, but how they bounced back last week and played a solid game against the Saints. Can they do that again this week? We're back in a moment, though. We'll hear from Gardner Minshew the second Jaguars quarterback, the Jags face the Bengals this Sunday, and this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Hi folks, Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ford's SUV season is here. If you're looking for the brand with more SUVs on the road today, get a Ford. If you're looking for hands-free tech and spacious seating, get a Ford. And if you're looking for the best deal of the season, get a Ford during SUV season. But hurry, these deals won't last long. Get to your local Ford dealer or learn more at buyfordnow.com. Based on IHS market total vehicles and operation as of October 2018 for all CUV and SUV segments. 
This NFL season, the pregame starts at Duncan for DD Perks members. Because this game day, Duncan is offering Jaguars fans a $1 medium hotter iced coffee. So don't just celebrate your team's success from the sidelines. Head to Duncan and start celebrating before the game even begins. You heard that right, Jaguars fans. Duncan is giving you some extra fuel to cheer on your team. So this game day, it's easy for you to get a kick before kickoff. The Jaguars and America run on Duncan. Excludes cold brew. Limited one per member. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, the CSI Companies is one of the fastest growing staffing firms in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI knows how important it is to find the right people for your team. See why some of Jacksonville's top companies choose CSI for their staffing needs. Visit thecsicompanies.com or call 800-582-0828 today. That's 800-582-0828 for the CSI companies. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is ready to be your home team for home lending. Whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance your current one, we have the nationwide expertise in competitive rates, along with a wide range of mortgage solutions to help you achieve your home lending goals. Team up with a TIAA Bank mortgage expert today. Visit TIAABank.com slash lending team. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, Equal Housing Lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. from it you move on and you can't let it compound into the next week that's the biggest thing as a quarterback in this league as a coach in this league you have to have short-term memory if you don't have short-term memory you're not going to last long in this league so that's been my thing with Gardner this week and myself and we've kind of teamed up together this week to have short-term memory to move on and, and go play well against Cincinnati. John D. Flippo offensive coordinator today discussing the bounce back for the quarterback and the offense from a week ago. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Leon Searcy, Jeff Lagerman. The Jags and the Bengals coming up. And, yeah, the Jaguars offense struggled last week. They had a lot of early three and outs, cashed in a couple of field goals, couldn't get in the end zone, and Gardner Minshew had uh, his worst outing so far as a starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The question now is how can Gardner Minshew the second bounce back? We heard from the quarterback this week. Still seeing new looks every week. It's only been like, what, six games so far. So each team presents new coverages, new challenges, um, different ways they're going to attack us, you know, and different ways we're going to have to attack them. So it's, it's definitely learning each week, and I, you know, hope to learn every game I play from, you know, here to the end. Yeah, new looks a lot of these weeks. What did the Saints show him last week that he had not seen, and what can we expect from the Bengals who have struggled on the defensive side? Well, coverage-wise, they saw a lot of two-man, which uh, it's it's something that they've seen before, but I don't think it was something that they saw with the regularity that they did against the Saints. And also, that was something that the Saints didn't play a lot of, to be honest with you, as, as a team. Mm-hmm. And... One of the reasons that that was allowable or that the Saints were able to do that is the average distance to go on third down for the Jaguars was like 7.4 yards. So average on third down is like 3.7 yards a clip. So when a defense gets to three uh, to third down and seven yards to go, it gives them a lot of flexibility to do certain things. And first and foremost, it allows them to play cover two. And any form of cover two, which is essentially is a pass defense 
and it is a run-deficient defense. So now they can play for the pass, they can play two-man, and they're playing that because they're not worried about the run. Well, if the Jaguars were in third and three or third and four, then the Saints would not be able to dial up two-man because they would be concerned about Leonard Fournette and his ability for the Jaguars to run the football and convert the mm-hmm. chains and, and move on. So part of it is not just the fact that you face cover two-man. The other part is, is that you need to have some early down success on first down and second down, which was mm-hmm. kind of out of character for the Jaguars because going into that game, they were second in the National Football League in yards gained on first down, and they were only second to the Kansas City Chiefs. So they have been having early down success, but they didn't against the Saints. They saw a lot of two-man, which they weren't expecting. And I think from a player standpoint and from a coaching standpoint, they weren't prepared to face that because they hadn't seen it and they hadn't become accustomed to getting that and they weren't seeing that from the Saints at all in preparation. Leon, this is the first chance we'll have to see how Gardner Minshew responds to a subpar statistical day. You you know what? I almost wanted to to see Gardner Minshew in a game where he struggled early to see him come back and, you know, bounce back. But this was a situation where the whole game he really struggled. He looked like a rookie for the first time. I know everybody was talking about Minshew made and everything like that. He's been so spectacular. But this was the first time that he actually looked like a rookie. And like he was – like Jeff Logman was saying, the Saints had a plan. They were going to put the Jaguars in a third and long situation. You know, the Jaguars in first down, second down, you know, were either had losses or weren't getting that many yards. So it's too hard for any quarterback to have to go up against third and long that situation. So he was indecisive. He he chucked the ball a lot. He he he, you know, he wasn't confident with his throws. He scrambled around a bit in the pocket. Didn't want to scramble. So that was really the first time he actually looked. And and, and not only him, but I, I was watching Jawan Taylor. Jawan Taylor for the first time went up against All Pro. I mean, I mean, he went against J.J. Watt, did a pretty good job, but we talked about J.J. had lost a step or two. Yeah. But when he played against Jordan, Jordan, you got to understand, these coordinators, these players, they watch film. Now, they've got enough film on, on Minshew to see what works together, what he likes, what he doesn't like, and they put a plan together for him. Same way with Juwan. He struggled a bit. He gave up the two sacks because I was watching him during camp. He holsters his hands, which means he's carried his hands too low. He doesn't carry them high enough, and then his timing on his punch was off. and. And Cameron Jordan, he saw that, and he exposed him on that. And you're a rookie. You have a bad game. I had a bad game. I gave up three sacks in one game. And then two years later, I was looking for the same guy, and I got him back. <laughs> but, I'm, but those are the type of games you grow and you learn from it. So uh, Minshew, he'll grow and he'll learn. And he's going up against a team where he should have a lot of success against. Yeah, that's the, the trick this week. The Cincinnati defense struggles statistically. And in pretty much any metric who you want to use, they have not played well this year. Uh, well, first and foremost, dead last in the National Football League against the run, and I think part of that is that they've had a lot of injuries, a lot of front guys that have been hurt from Glasgow to Kerry Wynn to Carlos Dunlap. In fact, they put Wynn on injured reserve this week, and uh, uh, he had a concussion issue, and then they signed Anthony Zettel, who was with the Cleveland Browns, I believe, most recently. So they, they're trying to trying to fortify their roster right now, but they've got issues yeah, but I think the one thing that, that should happen and will happen against the Bengals is that Leonard Fournette has success on the ground and allows Gardner Minshew to kind of calm his world down because the world wasn't calm against the Saints in, in two ways that you can see that. One, how fast were his feet moving, which that's the first time I've ever seen multiple plays where the feet get choppy. Mm-hmm. 
when I say the the Peyton Manning type feet, but Peyton did it. He was never was nervous. Yeah. Was he was just trying to create balance in his footwork, but it kind of that look. And then also how quickly the head moved with Gardner Minshew in this mm-hmm. past game. You saw a lot of head movement. And uh, and when you see a lot of head movement, is he he's unsure of what he's going to do with the football. I think at times he was checking the rush. And, uh, and he wasn't pr- pr- uh, trusting his protection. Mm-hmm. Which, for the most part, I thought Leon, besides the two plays mm-hmm. that uh, that Cam Jordan got, thought it was okay. Yeah, it was decent. It was decent. Yeah, he had time. Oh, he hit yeah, it like three it, times all day. Yeah, yeah. 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 And enough, enough can be said about the fact that they went up against a playoff team that was literally a pass interception, a pass interference away from being in the Super Bowl. So they saw an elite team minus Drew Brees. So I, mean, I was a very fo- good football team that and the Jaguars faced. And, 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 and I want to emphasize a really good football mm-hmm. team. Look at who they played going into that game. Seattle, who is it? Seattle, Dallas. They played some teams. Yeah, they uh, played some teams. Yeah. Seattle, I mean, Dallas. Yeah. They didn't play. Yeah. They didn't play the Patriots' schedule, and I'm not criticizing the New England Patriots because they're well. Their schedule is you can criticize great, it. It hasn't but, been but great you, so yeah, far. You can criticize the schedule, but yeah. I'm not going to criticize them. Right. But the Saints' schedule, they arguably have had the toughest schedule maybe in the league going into that game. So, I mean, you want to talk about battle-tested mm-hmm. and, a, and a really good balanced football team. When I say balanced, I'm talking all three phases. Mm-hmm. Their defense is good. Uh, special teams, that quality returner. Uh, and offensively with, uh, with one of the best backs in the league and arguably the best wide receiver in the league. I mean, I, yeah. that's a tough challenge. And Teddy holding it together until Breeze gets held. Yeah, and he had back. some shaky moments, yeah, I thought, did. in that ball game. But I thought he pulled it together a little bit. And the Jaguars rush, I think, missed some opportunities early in that ball game, and uh, and Teddy was able to kind of stabilize a little bit and, and get his crap together. But uh, tough game, tough game, and uh, a learning experience for Gardner Minshew. That's for sure. Is this a bigger game? You you said the run that you think Fournette's gonna have a big game. How about in the passing game when they start to establish this thing? Can Gardner throw it up? Will DJ have another day at the office? Well, early on? he's got an yes. opportunity. I mean, you've got. Uh, Dark, uh, Drake Kirkpatrick is expected to be out with a knee. Their other starting corner, William Jackson III, is expected to be out with a shoulder. Uh, Jarquise Denard, who has been their slot guy in the past, is on PUP. Uh, so, so, Leon, here, here's your starting corners for the Cincinnati Bengals this week. Tory Tyler, McTyler, McTyre, who's 5'11", B.W. Webb, who's 5'11", and Tony McRae, who's 5'10". Oh, yeah. Two of their starting corners are out for the game. Yeah. So, I mean, throw it but, up. But, 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 but before Five, we even backups, get. I'll take that all day. All long. day. All day. Before we even get to that, though, you got you look at the, the Bengals' defense uh, against the run. They've already given up 1,100 yards against the run, 208 yards a game, 5.3 yards a carry. So, if you want to get Gardner Minshew going, the offensive lines, you get that running game going, you get Leonard for that going, that's going to open up all kind of lanes for the passing lane from regard to Minshew. So, got to start with the run first, I think. Sounds like a get-right Sunday for the Jags in well, Cincinnati. Yeah, and, uh, At least on the offensive side. I was writing my little piece for the experts column uh-huh. that, that goes on jaguars.com. Uh-huh. And you, you never want to say that this is uh, – must win or winnable game or an easy win or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, as Terry Rubisky told me earlier today, the running back coach, there's no homecoming game in the NFL. No, mm-hmm. and there's not. And there's not. And look, the minute you you take an 0-6 team lightly or an 0-4 team at any point in the season, then you're going to get humbled. So you've got to come ready to play. And, 
and also come ready to play against a football team that hasn't been playing very well and also in a very uh, unemotional environment. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be probably reminiscent of my days of when I was at UVA, Leon, going to play at Duke back before they got Steve Spurrier as their head coach and people got excited about Duke football and you had about 15,000 at the game. Was that the academic bowl? That was the (laughs) academic bowl. Exactly right. Look, the Cincinnati Bengals fans right now are a little disgruntled. They're not showing up. And so it's going to be a pretty quiet environment in Cincinnati, I think. you got two wins between the teams. Well, you got two wins. They're both in Jacksonville. Here's the reality. The, The Jaguars are not a draw in Cincinnati. And the Jaguars are a two-win football team. And, and look, I appreciate the Jaguar fans. You know, they travel as best they can, but it's not like the Pittsburgh Steelers or, or other historic NFL teams that they carry their own fan base mm-hmm. with them wherever they go. Right. You know, so uh, this stadium is going to be pretty quiet. We'll come back. Jaguars defense. How do they move ahead? What will that matchup look like this Sunday in Cincinnati? We'll find out in a moment. Prior to each game, entertain guests in air-conditioned suites to the public's ultimate tailgate party presented by Party Shack. Visit jacksvillage.com and reserve your suite today. Ashton Sullivan has a news update when we return. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Be the MVP of your next tailgate with the official wing of the Jacksonville Jaguars from Dick's Wings and Grill. Whether at the stadium or cheering from home, game day every day with Dick's 365 wing varieties, burgers, wraps, and more. And for somewhere to catch all the sports action, Dick's Wings and Grill's 23 area locations have been a local fan favorite for more than 20 years. For the best wings, ice-cold craft beer, and best fans, feed where the big cats feast. Visit dickswingsandgrill.com for a location nearest you. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash Jagscard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like working outdoors and want better pay and benefits? Superior Fence and Rail is seeking full-time fence installers who can provide first-class customer service. Recognized as a best place to work on the First Coast, they'll train you to work with their professional team and provide you with all the tools you'll need to be a top-notch installer. Get off the fence. Call Superior Fence and Rail today and start your career. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. 
saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. This Jaguar season, how would you like an all-inclusive air-conditioned suite for your tailgate? Mike Dempsey here for Party Shack. It's a turnkey setup that means no prep on your end. You can host clients, staff, and friends to catered food sponsored by Publix with a full bar, top deck roof lounge, and best of all, air-conditioned comfort with two TVs in each suite. So take your whole office or group of friends to the top-of-the-line Jaguars tailgate experience. Book your company's Party Shack suite right now at jacksvillage.com. jacksvillage.com. Welcome back to Jags Happy Hour through Jaguars Digital Update. I'm Ashlyn Sullivan. A Thursday injury report update for you. Marquise Lee, Dee Westbrook, and Jeff Swaim did not practice today. However, Josh Oliver did, which is a great sign for the Jaguars. The Jaguars filled a roster spot today. Cornerback Perry Nixon, Nickerson sorry, came from Seattle's practice squad. As we know, Jalen Ramsey now a Los Angeles Ram. It's been anything but boring here this week. Gardner Minshew commenting on the trade. No, we, we wish him well, man. It's part, it's part of the deal. Um, but, you know, we got 53 dudes in the locker room that we feel comfortable going and winning with. So that's all we're really concerned with now. Stay tuned. The 5 o'clock hour head coach Doug Marone coming up for the Doug Marone Show. Celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. Good from 57 yards. Josh Lambeau has set the team record for consecutive field goals. <laughs> Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. Coming up at Daly's Place, Zach Brown Band tonight. Tomorrow, Chicago, and they'll probably play this song. Young Thug and Machine Gun Kelly coming up on, what would that be, Saturday. Tickets at dailysplace.com. This is your song, Leon. Oh, yeah. 25 or 64. That's the only part of the song I know. <laughs> it's okay. Like everybody song, else, though. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that song was about just time. The time they wrote the song. It was about what what time it was in the morning when they wrote the song. Oh, it's a late night. Oh, uh-huh. it's a late night. Up here. Wow. Uh, check them out. Tomorrow night. Why not? Dailysplace.com. No. I'm not. You're, you're kind of a fixture at Daily's Place. Well, it depends on the, the show. Some shows are You're not a Chicago too. fan? Well, I've been a little before my time. I'm not, you know, I never really got into them huge. No. Joe, you must be really old. Oh, and, and if you're watching on Jaguars.com, you can, you're looking inside Daly's place right now. They're setting up for Zach Brown tonight. That'll, that'll that's be, a sold out show. That'll be jumping now. Yeah, now, no doubt. Yeah, that'll be jumping. No doubt. Um, all right, so we're back. Jaguars happy hour continues. Jaguars defense, no Jalen Ramsey, of course, traded to the Los Angeles Rams. So, moving ahead, well, they haven't had him the last three weeks anyway. But what can we expect from this secondary now that you know he's not going to be around here, guys? Leon, what do you think this thing's going to look like? Well, I mean, Lagerman just gave me a stat of how many guys were on the <laughs> roster, and I don't feel as comfortable as I did maybe five minutes ago. Well, he was saying it. that out of the 10 DBs we have, six, six, six of them are guys. undrafted. So Which that's is little, amazing. That's a little concerning. Uh, A.J. Boyer, uh-huh. uh, Jared Wilson. 
Uh, Let me give them to you. I'll give them to Trey you. Trey Herndon. Quick. I got them all. Those Eight. are the three starters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, exactly. Three starters. I mean, you got Trey Herndon, A.J. Boye, which he was a Texans undrafted guy. Correct. Breon Borders was a Raiders undrafted guy. Okay. Trey Wingard, a Jaguars undrafted Andrew guy Wingard. this year. Andrew Wingard. Yeah. Uh, Andrew. Yeah. And then uh, Jared Wilson, Jaguars undrafted guy. Cody Davis was an undrafted guy with who originally? Look it up. It was Cleveland? another team. It was another team. Yeah, it was a anyway, different team. But yes. I mean, six out of the ten DBs that you have in your secondary are or were undrafted guys, which is uh, it's kind of surprising, right? St. Louis Rams for Davis. Okay, St. Louis yeah. Rams. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing, right? I mean, six out of ten DBs undrafted. The uh, the latest acquisition, Perry Nickerson who they acquired off of the uh, Seattle Seahawks practice squad. He was a six-round pick of the Jets last year. Hmm. So, so, hey, look, I mean, it's, it doesn't matter how you get there. You're it here it now. matters what you do when you're there. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you look at the Jaguars in 2017 when they had all that success, when you got two all-pro corners and the whole Saxonville. They, they play hand-in-hand with one another. Your ability to cover and my, giving me that extra second or two to get to the quarterback. So, um, but it won't matter this week because I've seen the Bengals offensive line. They're terrible. They, they are. They're injured too. They, <laughs> they're, hurt. they, they, they're hurting. They're hurting with injuries. Uh, and they're they're just not that good. We had Willie Anderson on, you know, the all-pro right tackle from Cincinnati. He stays rele- relevant with the team or whatever. And he just told me, Leon, they're just not good. They're hurting and, and they're, they're not playing well. I and mean, it's obvious when they give up 22 sacks, you know, and they're rushing the ball. They're only averaging, what, 3.1 yards a rush, 100 yards a game. So run. it's a struggling team right now. So, I mean, but that's not our fault. <laughs> we, we, we need to, we need we to take can, advantage yeah, of that. Continue to make we them need struggle. to take advantage of the fact that they can't run the ball at all that well. They don't protect that well. And this, it gives us opportunities to, to, to feast on Sunday with our defense. Yeah, give you a, a little background on their injuries on offensive line. Cordy Glenn, who is their normal starting left tackle, has been out a couple weeks with a concussion. And then uh, two weeks ago against the Cardinals, Andre Smith started. And then he got hurt in that game, and then they moved John Jerry to left tackle. John Jerry also started last week. At left guard, Michael Jordan started at left guard, and then into the game came Billy Price or excuse me, he started last week against the Ravens because Michael Jordan got hurt. At right guard, John Miller's the normal starter. He got hurt last week, and then Alex Redman had to come in for him. The only guy that's – or the guys that have been consistent for the Bengals over the last couple weeks has been right tackle Bobby Hart and then center Trey Hopkins, who, by the way, Trey Hopkins is a good football player, Mm. Uh, a pretty good football player. I didn't know anything about watching him on film for the last – you know, a couple of weeks, I'm, he's impressed me. And here's another thing that, that happens with the offensive line when you have injuries and guys. There's no cohesiveness. I mean, guys aren't you know guys aren't working together. It's, it's you want to have guys on the same page. You know, I always say offensive linemen are like married to each other. You got to be able to trust the guy next to you with the calls, with the double teams, and all that kind of stuff with the protections. So if you're shifting in these different components, different pieces, week in week out. It's, I can understand why they're struggling the way they've been struggling. No, we they, we got, saw that here last year, guys. I mean, they, that, they've that's got what happens. they've got ten offensive linemen on their roster right now. How about that, yeah, because they just picked up a guy that? by the name of Fred Johnson, a rookie from Florida, mm. who was an undrafted guy. And uh, I mean, so ten offensive linemen—that's very rare. 
for a team to have ten offensive linemen on active roster. Typically eight. Usually eight. About your number, and then if you got you know a good one, you might go nine. Rarely do you see teams have ten. Well, they've got ten because they've got so many injuries on the offensive line, but none of them none of them are going to be significant injuries where they're going to miss like four or five or six weeks. You know, therefore, that's why you got ten. Biggest so, biggest day on the defensive line. Then who is it? I think anybody's All capable of it. But look, here's the thing: you always go back to who's the most talented player that you have on your defensive line, or the most talented players. You start with Clayus. And then after that, I think you, it's a toss-up. Do you go Ngakwe or do you go Josh Allen? Uh, Josh Allen's playing really well right now. Uh, Ngakwe is getting close to at times. So uh, I, I think any of those three guys, and, and look, it would be great if all three of them had, had a heck of a day. Yes, right? it would. It's possible. We've yeah. seen that before. Yeah, it is. I'd like, like to see all three guys get at least two sacks. I guess it's an offensive And that's line. possible. It's possible. Possible yeah, pretty early, possible. too. Mm-hmm. You well, get a lead see, in this look, game? Yeah. Look, and, and, and I give I credit to Smoot. Dwan uh, Smoot's playing well. He played well last week, had a nice rush. He's been doing pretty good against the run. Uh, I've always been a guy that that I liked Smoot's film when he came out of college, and then I was disappointed, I think, in the first couple of years with some of his production. And then this year it looks like he's finally starting to break through. The guy that I think continues to disappoint me is Taven Bryan. Uh, he got more snaps last week, and he still can't find the football. Uh, so, uh, Ngakwe, Calais, and Smoot, and uh, Josh Allen, those got to be the guys that, that you get the main production from. Andy Dalton's been around this league for a long time now. It's amazing to think about that. You know what's amazing, J- JP? 2011 he came in. And, right? and Leon, when you're in the, year for, in the league for nine years, you would you would think that some of the what I call the gimme completions look like gimmies. You know, I've got a clean pocket, and then you've got a wide open wide receiver. It should be like playing catch. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton actually has some of the worst numbers, I think, in the National Football League as far as ratings go with a clean pocket. The film that he put out there from last week against the Ravens game, I literally was going back and watching plays going, is that really Andy Dalton? I mean, it was bad. I mean, really bad. And he has uh, this one wide receiver that made some really crazy catches to help him actually have some decent numbers, and his name is Auden Tate, a Florida State guy. And he's a big guy like A.J. Green, similar number because he wears 19. And uh, turned and kind of rewound it a couple times on him. Uh, but Andy Dalton's not playing very well. Uh, his numbers state that. He's 26th in the National Football League with an 82.8 rating, and that's about as pedestrian as you can get in the National Football League. Hmm. Yeah, all the issues around him don't help, but even when there is a clean pocket, it well, sounds look, like he's I mean, not playing well. Yeah. When, a, when a quarterback doesn't have a running game, which they have the worst rushing offense in the National Football League, and here are the numbers. They are averaging – Hold on to your shorts here, folks. <laughs> 56.5 yards rushing a game. Their workhorse running back, Joe Mixon's averaging 3.4 yards a carry, and Giovanni Bernard is averaging 2.1 yards per carry. That's not getting it done. That's pathetic. Can't do it. And so – Pretty bad. I don't care if you've got a great quarterback. His numbers aren't going to be that good when he's got a running game like that. But when you've got a – 
an average at best quarterback, then his numbers become, um, I don't want to say below the Mendoza line because I don't think there is one for quarterback ratings, but it becomes very apparent that, that Andy Dalton can't, can't do it by himself. And he's not, he's not having a very good year. Let's come back. We'll uh, touch the AFC South, the standings, the uh, upcoming schedule in the division, and we'll go around the National Football League. Thursday night football coming up. All that. The Jags and the Bengals Who's coming up Sunday. tonight? Well, it's the Chiefs and the Broncos. Ooh, good one. A good one. Can the Chiefs get right? We'll find out in a moment when we pick it. When we come back, it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. In Florida, bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities as everyone else on the road. So when you ride, follow the rules. Always wear a helmet and use lights on your bike. And drivers, watch for cyclists. Give them space to ride. And don't forget when making that right on red, look to your right first to see if a cyclist is approaching in the bike lane. We all have a responsibility to keep ourselves and each other safe. Alert today, alive tomorrow. Because safety doesn't happen by accident. This message brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. Ford's SUV season is here. If you're looking for the brand with more SUVs on the road today, get a Ford. If you're looking for hands-free tech and spacious seating, get a Ford. And if you're looking for the best deal of the season, get a Ford during SUV season. But hurry, these deals won't last long. Get to your local Ford dealer or learn more at buyfordnow.com. Based on IHS market total vehicles and operation as of October 2018 for all CUV and SUV segments. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders Homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders Homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. Be the MVP of your next tailgate with the official wing of the Jacksonville Jaguars from Dick's Wings and Grill. Whether at the stadium or cheering from home, game day every day with Dick's 365 wing varieties, burgers, wraps, and more. And for somewhere to catch all the sports action, Dick's Wings and Grill's 23 area locations have been a local fan favorite for more than 20 years. For the best wings, ice-cold craft beer, and best fans, feed where the big cats feast. Visit dickswingsandgrill.com for a location nearest you. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want. Whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better... Join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA.
just kind of one of those things where it's like, man, you know, uh, one of the parts of the game, you know, I mean, uh, it doesn't happen too often, but it does happen, uh, you know, uh, but I mean, we went through it last year too with, with Dante, uh, but, you know, a good player, you know, a guy that, you know, uh, was, was fun to be teammates with for a few years, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we got to focus on what's ahead of us, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, you kind of treat it like, I mean, in my mind, it's kind of like a guy getting injured, you know, or you just don't have them, they're not, not available to you anymore. So, you know, uh, you just got to, you know, move on, you know, uh, next man up. Clays Campbell, next man up. Jalen Ramsey's gone. The Jags move on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati, as Bill Belichick once said. The Jags are heading there this week to face the Cincinnati Bengals at Paul Brown Stadium. Jaguars happy hour continues. J.P. Shadrick. Jeff Lagerman, Leon Searcy, and this is the stretch, guys, obviously, this season. We'll go around the, the division coming up. But, you know, we've said when Nick Foles got injured, if you can get through this stretch around 500 at the bye, 4-5, and 5-4, five, five and four, somewhere in that window, then okay, you, you're set up for the last uh, half of the season here to at least try to make a run. Well, th this is the window. These three weeks coming up, and Leonard Fournette in the locker room today understands that. The next two games, the AFC opponents is must wins. You know, to get us uh, at least over that 500 mark right now. Uh, so, I mean, we, we know what's at stake. Nothing far behind it, you know, but just coming out and competing is one of our biggest things we have to do right now. And uh, just finishing and uh, finding ways to win. You know, uh, we came up short a, a lot of. A lot of games have passed, you know, some was by two points, I mean, some was by three points, some was by a touchdown. And uh, just finding ways, you know, uh, the Panthers game, defense game, this game was the offense game. Our defense played a, a, a heck of a game against the Saints. We have to find a ways to score, uh, make it happen. You win the next two, you're 500 going to London to face the division rival Houston Texans with a chance to be 5-4 and four at the bye, and that's... It's about all you can ask, right? This is this is the window coming up these next three weeks. Well, you better worry about one first, and that's this one this week, before you start saying, you know, haze in the barn on this game with the Bengals and then with the Jets next week. The Jets are playing differently with Sam Darnold back at the helm. And uh, as I said before, if the minute you start taking an 0-6 football team light, you're going to get humbled mm -hmm. in this league. So, you know, I, I think this team has a real good chance. And, and here's the thing I think that, that is kind of being assumed that, Leon, most people thought, okay, let's get to 500 or close to 500 within a game, and then Nick Foles comes back. Well, my whole thing is, look, you've had a quarterback that's playing, played pretty well for mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And so is getting back to 500 just your goal? I mean, is, is Nick Foles going to be the savior? If you get to 500 or close to 500 and then he comes back, is he going to is he going to make that big of a difference with his football team? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think a lot of that is based on his resume with the Eagles. You know, I I used to call him Saint Nick cuz you know, close to Christmas time. Yeah, once the holidays, <laughs> once the holidays get here, here so he I, is. Think, I think that's, that has That's a good one. That has, a, like uh, that. that has a lot to do with it, but I agree with you on that. It, it, if Gardner Minshew, he had the one bad game against the Saints. Mm -hmm. He was humble. You know, he, they exposed him a bit. He played like a rookie. But if he's got this offense rolling, and I don't, I don't necessarily agree with just getting to 500. I mean, yeah, listen, we, we beat the Bengals, Jazz. I'm, I'm not trying to look ahead. Then we go to London where we're familiar with. And we play the Texans. 
I say you go for the division. Get this thing rolling to win the division. I mean, good getting the 500 middle of the season. I mean, that's not good enough. It's been far too old. Well, the last year, I just remember midway point through the season, Jaguars had struggled so much. That when was, you know, they was already talking about what we're going to do in the draft in April. You know, that culture and that mindset has to change. This team ha- should be focused on winning the division. And they've got a formidable task because Texas aren't any joke. Coast aren't any joke. And you still got to go. To the te- you gotta go to Tennessee, uh, who you finally beat, but you know you gotta go on the road against mm-hmm. them. So that, that that's a that's a hefty schedule to 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 have to battle. But that your focus and your main point, your your focus should be winning this division. If you go to if you lose to the Bengals, I think you, just losing to the Bengals itself would be. I don't want to say catastrophic. Good word. I was about to say uh, that. it's pretty darn close, <laughs> but it, it that would hurt. <clears throat> Mm. AFC loss that was against an 0-16. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was I mean, they're not playing well. No. They don't have a win. Uh, they got a new head coach, quarterback, quarterback that's not playing well, and they're beat up. You know what they're saying, so, though? You know what they're saying in Cincinnati? Well, they're, they're saying the Jaguars are going to count as a winnable game. Well, they're 2-4. and four. They but, just but lost JP, their corner. Here's, here's the thing. Their issues are way bigger than the issues here. I can assure you of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go to 2-5, and five, with a loss to the Bengals as the icing, because that's the last thing that, that would, would have happened with this football team. I mean, all of a sudden you're looking at this football team going, it's over. Yeah, there's not much room for error after that. Once, no. once you do that. I'm not saying it's, yeah. it's over, but you, your feeling yeah. is that it's over. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is about as big as they come. And I'm not one to use must-win games because, you know, look, you can – you can get in a roll, Leon, like we did in 96, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden roll off you know, some straight wins to get in the playoffs. But that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, you guys were behind mm-hmm. the eight ball when it happened. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you'd rather yeah. not be in that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were, what, three and six and four and seven? Yeah, I think it was then we, four, yeah, we and four and seven. seven so, yeah. yeah, roll off five straight. And had to have help at the end. Oh, yeah. To get in. So, had to have help two different ways. That's what I'm saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Had to have help. It all had to line up. From another game. And then had and to a have miss. a little help from some <laughs> mysterious power <laughs> and a little bit of a win. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's take a look at the AFC South standings, and they haven't changed the last couple of weeks, at least the order. Houston, Leon, as you said, playing good ball, 4-2. Indy was off last week. The Jags and the Titans at the bottom in the games this week. Of course, the Jags and the Bengals. But the Texans are playing in Indy against the Colts. That'll be a good matchup on Sunday, one o'clock. Really good game. Really good game. In fact, I might if I if it's gonna well, it won't air because the Jaguars Bengals be on. But I'd like to have a DVR of that. Do they still play the replays on NFL Network? I think sometimes. I, yeah. I hope, well, if not, I'll watch that one on film because that's a good matchup. Yeah, good game. Mm-hmm. Texans playing good. Chargers uh, are at the Titans in Nashville. Mm. Chargers not playing well. That's two games in a row that out the gate they've gotten behind. Mm-hmm. And uh, not good, not good for the for the Chargers at all. Because many people thought that they would be in contention in the AFC, and clearly they're not. All right, one note from the owners' meetings this week. They were down in South Florida, the fall owners' meetings. They happen quarterly, in fact. But Roger Goodell confirmed that there have been talks on a 17-game season, talks between the NFL and the Players Association during the early negotiations for the next CBA, and possible shortening of the preseason to go along with that. 
What do you guys think of that? Well, more games, more money. Yeah, more paycheck. I knew this was coming. 17 games. It's going to eventually get to 18. I think that was the original talking point, and then maybe they've walked it back a little well, bit. Yeah. Here, here's you know? one thing that has to happen. One preseason game doesn't equal one regular season game. So you can't cut the preseason back to three and then extend the regular season to 17. Mm. There's got to be like a two-for-one deal on that, at least. So, in other words, you cut two preseason games out to add the one, break, one, yeah. the one mm-hmm. regular season. <clears throat> so, I can't imagine the Players Association agreeing to anything but that. And because the set, when you go to 17, I know there was talk for a while about going to 18 and then having, okay, maybe expand the roster a little bit. And then you say, okay, all of our players can only play in 16 games. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I still believe that you should expand the roster regardless. I mean, why not? I mean, if, if, uh, if you can go from 53 to 54, why not? Expand the roster by one player. And uh, keep practice squad and everybody else the same, but I think I think having that active roster expanded by one, I think would make would help. But uh, seventeen games that would be that would be interesting because it's not an even number. You know, would it float? I mean, how would how right. would they handle That's that? Great from, question. How would they handle that? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of talk still to come. I'm yeah. sure two, before they figure two it buys. Out. Oh, <sighs> maybe. Oh man. <laughs> That's the only thing, thing, that's the thing I can think of. Thing would go on for, yeah. And then if they expand it, of course, then you go deeper into February with mm-hmm. the postseason play and all that stuff, too. Mm-hmm. That's that's on down the line. Uh, your old team in the news again. Um, will the Steelers, uh, you know, moving into the offseason here, is Kevin Colbert in trouble is kind of a storyline. And apparently Steelers owner Art Rooney II told Ian Rappaport on a podcast earlier this week they're going to revisit it after the draft and see what happens in Pittsburgh. He's been there for a long time, 20 years, Leon. Yeah. They don't make changes in Pittsburgh often. They don't. They really don't. No. They they take their time with the the people and personnel people. He's done a good job overall, though, from a personnel standpoint. Mm -hmm. Did he draft you? Was Kevin Colbert there with, I with, don't know. for you? I don't think he was. No, yeah. No. That's, uh, yeah, this is 20, <coughs> 20 years he's been there, so you would have been before that. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I was just curious. I wonder if he was on staff. And maybe, oh, maybe. You know, yeah, 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 he probably was. Yeah, yeah. was he a long-time well, part of the organization? They don't get rid of anybody. Yeah, they don't. They really staff. don't. I mean, they just don't. Yeah. Curious. Uh, let's take a look at Thursday Night Football tonight. The Kansas City Chiefs 4-2 and two, and the Broncos at 2-4. and four. This is at mile high tonight. Patrick Mahomes has been hobbled a little bit lately. The Broncos might have found their sea legs. Uh, well, I don't know. That might be overselling it a little bit. They were 0 for, uh, they were 0 for 4 to start the season. They've won a couple in a row. How do you like this game tonight? Division game at mile high. It's always fun. Mm. No? I, I think it's a good football game. I'm going to be watching it, I can tell you that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, their offense is, hasn't been quite as good lately. Uh, you had, what, back-to-back games against an AFC South opponent with Texans last week and then the Colts before that. And uh, they got Tyreek Hill back. Yes, I had him in fantasy this past oh, week. He Thank did you well. Much. He did well. Hmm. He did pretty good. Uh, I think this is a really good football game and uh, because it's a, it's a strength versus strength. The Broncos' defense is obviously their strength and then their offense against a Kansas City Chiefs defense that's not as powerful. So it should be a really good football game. Yeah, rivalry game. It'll be close, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs will get them in the end. Late, late second field goal. Oh, last second field goal. field goal. I think it's going to be that, that wow. kind of game. Mm, I like that. 
Uh, Leon, well done. We'll, All see, right. we'll see you uh, on Sunday. Sunday. I'll be here. He'll be back. Uh, we'll be back in a moment for the Doug Marone Show. That's right after this. Thank you for listening and watching to Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.